everyone. We are back. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the She Works Podcast. I am your host, Shanita. You can find me at Nita Works. Hey, this is Akima. You can find me at Princess Akima on all social media platforms. And this is Danita. You can find me at Danita Platt on Twitter. And you can check out all of our other wonderful podcasts on DiveMedia.co. So, ladies, ladies, I have this wonderful word that I have been introduced to called helicopter parenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we have heard of this word. We have researched this word <laughs> and... You know, there are, I'm, I, I got some issues on both sides, <laughs> you know, for, for this word. So I wanted to just talk about this for a little bit, you know, this term helicopter parenting, uh, much like the term that we had crunchy moms episode some time ago. Check it out. I yeah. always want to make sure I understand where this word originated from. Who was the author of this word? Is this word in the official um, English dictionary? And (laughs) what are the streets saying about this word? So this term helicopter parenting um, was first used in a book by Dr. Hayam Genot. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it was a book about parents and teenagers, you know, written way back then, as my kids say in the olden days. But it didn't become official dictionary word until 2011. So when I looked up you know, I mean, I kind of thought I knew what it meant. So when you think of the term helicopter parenting, you know what a helicopter does. Typically, it kind of hovers helicopter, over. Helicopter, helicopter. Please Y'all. come down. <laughs> if you don't, I'll shoot you down. Right, we do not condone violence here on the She Works podcast. Y'all remember that game with the jump rope. But definitely the term helicopter means just hovering um, and just kind of being overly involved in all the aspects of your child's life. Now, initially, when I heard this term, I was highly offended. Uh, <laughs> highly offended. Highly offended um, because my initial thought was very defensive because what parent wouldn't be overly involved in their child's life from infancy to toddler to preschool age, you know, preteens. What, what parent wouldn't want to be overly involved mm-hmm. in those things going on? But as I dug a little deeper, I started to see some of the research was with the bend was more towards helicopter parenting in the late high school and college years. So I said, okay, that's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. But again, we get, we get these terms and then we get labeled. And then when, when we do, we, when we don't take care of our kids, we're no good mamas and no good daddies. (laughs) Right. Right. When we take care of our kids and take darn good care of our kids, we're crunchy mamas and helicopter parents and all these kind of things. So what do you guys think about this term? Um, I'm going to defer to a parent in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so helicopter parenting, I first heard this term not from a parent. So mm-hmm. uh, I first heard this term when I was working as a parent engagement specialist. I'm working to engage parents in the community within their local schools. I heard the term from professionals, Mm. teachers, uh, principals, administrators, guidance counselors who who would very loosely label a parent, a helicopter parent, if that parent were in the building or sending emails and expecting a timely reply. Because that's not realistic at all, right? that's not realistic. <laughs> um, and it was one of those things where it was like a constant fight because it just gave people an out to not have to engage 
with a parent by labeling that parent a helicopter parent, it automatically says, I don't have to really listen because there's something wrong with you. Mm. So I've diagnosed you <laughs> as having helicopter syndrome and therefore I'm going to engage with you. you from that perspective at all times. When the parent was asking a reasonable question, like why isn't the homework link working or um, why does my child have a, 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 this grade on this assignment? And I get that there is a lot of demand on teachers. I've been a classroom teacher and on guidance counselors, administrators, and principals. I get that to respond to all of these parents. The parent is only parenting one child or two children or however many. And the teacher is taking care of all 200 some odd on there. So I get that. Um, But I am, I am, I'm not, I'm not a, an advocate of slapping that term on any parent who is engaged and involved or involved. Right. Exactly. Um, I, and, and it has such a negative connotation and sure. Yeah. There's such a thing as being overly involved, but that is also specific to the, the kid, the season, the time. Exactly. What's going on? Cause aren't we all overly involved with infants? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We watching them little things like a hawk, make sure they breathe in. Exactly. You know, they, they laying in the right, right position. Right. Um, when your toddler starts to walk, you're making sure they don't pick up a fork and go to the electrical socket. Right. You know, just, I mean, everything. When they first learn to walk, yeah. you're overly involved. You're moving furniture and things out the way. So I think, you know, the the term of being overly involved, um, it does it does create so much negative connotation. But when you have been, you know, you grow up with different, you know, scenarios and different things in your culture that make you say, okay, well, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Like we grew up as latchkey kids, right? Mm-hmm. Parents work two and for, three jobs. Right. For those of you listening who don't know what a latchkey <laughs> yes. kid is. Go ahead and explain what a latchkey is. <laughs> the short of it, you would have had a shoestring around your neck that had one single key on it that opened up your front door that you were supposed to get in the house, open the door, get in, lock the door behind you, don't mm-hmm. answer the door, don't answer the phone until mom or daddy got and home. And you bet not lose that key. And you bet and you not. you bet not lose that key. Yep. You bet not answer the phone unless it's me because back then, you know, we had a device that had caller ID on Girl, it. we didn't even have call ID. My mother would call and the phone would ring twice and then she'd hang up and then she'd call back and I knew that was her and that's, uh, who I, that's when I picked up the listen, phone. Listen, okay. They have no idea. You have it no not idea. A game. Nobody had iPhone and iPods and earpods and all that kinds of but anyway we digress so latchkey kid is how most of us grew up mm-hmm. and so you know as I became a parent I wanted to make sure that my kids did not have the same experience not that all of all of latchkey kidness was yeah. bad no because yeah. you need to learn how to be responsible and not lose the key mm-hmm. you need to learn how to follow directions and get on home lock make sure you lock the door yeah. but I wanted to make sure that I was involved that I did make time for sports and I did make time to you know, sell Girl Scout cookies or, you know, whatever those things are. And so when I looked at the, (laughs) some of the research behind helicopter parenting, again, they started to kind of clarify, but you have to kind of dig into the research to find that information that it's more about when you have high schoolers who are preparing for college or filling out the FAFSA or the PS, um, the going for the SATs or anything like that, college applications, you know, the research was alluding to how it's fine to come alongside and support them, but to do everything for them and filling out all the paperwork. And so there was a part of me that was recalling my own high school college experience, 
No, I did most of that myself. It mm-hmm. was that, you know, my mother didn't really have the time nor energy to be trying to figure out what an EFC was and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how to figure that out. When when they would email me back and say they needed something, excuse me, not email, They when they would postal mail me something back, <laughs> <laughs> I would let my mother know, hey, I need your taxes. Hey, I need this. Mm-hmm. And I would handle that myself. But if you have a parent that is calling a college professor arguing about their kid's psychology 101 grade and how they're a good kid and you really need to reconsider. I think, okay, I think that might be a bit much. I think that might be a bit much. But what the research was alluding to was when you are a helicopter parent at that stage in their life, they weren't talking about the young, young stage. But again, I think that is a, uh, it's a very coy way to try to just throw that term out there mm-hmm. to see how it baits mm-hmm. because it's not until you re- um, read through where you see it yeah. is yeah. older children, like right. much, much older children. Yeah. And so when I thought about how that, you know, transpired, I said, well, I think with homeschool parents. And so Danita, I'm really con- I mean, interested in hearing your perspective. I think by nature <laughs> of deciding to be a homeschool family, it makes you overly involved even at the older stages because you're mm-hmm. like the judge, the jury, the principal, the PE coach, the transcript writer sure. <laughs> and, and everything. And I don't even know. And I'm, and I know we're going to get into the homeschool portion, but I was just thinking about the college piece. And I wonder if this term is tied to like, I think about affluence. Cause I think about that whole idea of like, Oh, we're calling the college professor, but I could, I feel like parents in a certain um, tax bracket would call a college professor, especially if they're paying out of pocket a certain dollar amount for this child's uh, tuition. They would probably call, and if they are alumni of that school or if they know the administrators, and so it even falls into a different place that certain parents can't be in this component because they're going to be viewed a certain way of being a helicopter parent versus a parent in another situation if they did that or like hey I know someone at the medical school I'm going to call in for you where versus you don't have to still apply on your own merit so I kind of wonder where who falls into that where does that kind of um are there boundaries to that and I'm not necessarily saying that we have an answer for that but as I'm listening to this I'm like yeah maybe we had to do certain things because of how we were brought up and the limitations that existed but I feel like for certain children and certain parents it wouldn't be viewed as out of place for their parents to be somewhat more involved in that capacity to help their child. Because just because they turn 18, and I, and, and there's probably stats around this as well, what does 18 mean? Now they're an adult and they're like, good It just means you're not 17 no more. And that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what, what a day ago they were still trying to figure out curfew and being accountable to their parent. Now they're this age, and so good luck. And, so, and, and then some cultural things as well. So I just kind of wonder how that kind of flows. And so I know no, we, I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think it also has to do with your your value around resiliency as a as a family how much do you value resiliency how much do you value your kid being able to fall down scrape their knee and you don't come running with the ready to suture them to, you know <laughs> suture that knee closed you the know extra what I mean? large first aid kit <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's like you know yeah you fell down you scraped your knee you're fine get up you're fine dust it off mm-hmm. um and and what does that resiliency look like going forward? But certainly, um, as a home as a homeschool parent for the last three years, yes, there is so much involvement. We're so involved. We're so involved that when I'm not around the kids, they're calling me, <laughs> and they are legitimately like, 
where are you? Because <laughs> we're used to being with each other. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we are right there in each other's mix. But at the same time, um, I have to be the adult in the situation and say, I'm not going to answer that question for you, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. No. You figure it out. You can answer that. You know what? If you walk two more steps to that refrigerator and pull the door open, you could answer the question about whether or not we have milk. <laughs> You can answer for yourself. Oh, so it's not just my house. No. Okay. No. Do we have milk? You are literally, your hand is on <laughs> the handle of the refrigerator, son. And if I'm just quiet for another 15 seconds, you'll have an answer to that question. So, and then the other part of it is like, um, in terms of valuing resiliency is like, um, so I'll use Gabriel again as an example. Gabriel was interviewed by, um, by a news reporter for, uh, a piece on his business, on his comic book business. And she was looking at all of his drawing and he showed her his notebook from when he first started drawing up until his, his art now. Obviously you can see he's gotten better and better, but there were some drawings in there that I had done. I can draw a tiny, if I had to, <laughs> I can draw a little bit. You know, he was very impressed with my art skills when he was in sixth grade. Yeah, not now, so much now. Not so much. <laughs> not so much impressed. Um, so the, the reporter that interviews me and she's like, so are you proud of Gabriel? I see you, you know, you kind of taught him how to draw. And I'm like thinking, no, I didn't. Um, but I hear what you're saying. And she's like, so are you proud of him? And I went to answer the question. I said, it's more important that he's proud of himself than it is that I am proud of him because he has to lay his head down at night and be confident and feel good about the work he's done. So sure. I'm proud as long as he's proud of the work he's done. And right. so that's like building resiliency, right? right. Like, so I can be involved, but am I, am I taking away your autonomy? Am yeah. I cutting your, your legs out right. from under you? Especially as a grown man, these two boys are going to grow up and be big old grown black men. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. And they got to be able to stand on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. Without the intervention of mom. Without the intervention of mom. Because I think about their wives. I think about my daughter-in-laws <laughs> all the time. I really do. I don't want nobody blaming me. <laughs> for the any issues. other nonsense. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, go put some Neosporin on that scratch so my my daughter-in-law don't ask me why your legs all nicked up like that. <laughs> I remember a time where I was in the grocery store with my youngest and she was probably, I don't know, three or four at the time. And, you know, we were in a popular grocery store and, I, you know, we were in the little refrigerator section and she, you know, loves to open up the doors you know, breathe on them, draw her face on them. And I'm like, come on, stop. Come over here and put your hand on this cart. Like, that's mm-hmm, our thing. Put right. your hand on the cart. Yes. That way you don't get involved Hold in on to the cart. any foolishness. Yeah. So she was still, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, we're in this whole health conscious, you know, society. So I'm reading ingredients. Okay, no, that's not GMO. Okay, what is this? And so I'm like really engaged in reading these ingredients. And so she keeps opening up the door and her hand was close to the door. And I told her, I said, you need to get off the door before you end up squishing your finger. Mm-hmm. Put your hand on this cart like I told you. So another three minutes walks by and this older lady <laughs> happens to see her doing the exact same thing that I just told her about. And she begins to chastise me. Stop it. No, no. She begins to chastise me and I say, handle it. Um, you know, you really need to keep an eye on her so that she doesn't, um, you know, damage her finger. She's like, I'm an ER nurse and I see X, Y, and Z. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, if she squishes her finger, then she'll learn. And again, not really, I'm not really engaging with this lady. I'm uh-huh. just kind of. Congratulations. Just saying like, 
Okay, well, I've told her to stop. Uh-huh. She don't listen. She hasn't listened. So maybe she needs to find that resiliency skill when her finger gets squished in the door. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, she just proceeds. And then she started to follow me. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, she didn't. She started to follow me down the aisle and proceeds to talk. I said, ma'am, you, you have a good day. Okay. I'm she done with this needed. conversation. I'm so proud of you. Cause honey, I don't know. I couldn't believe that she, and, and my husband had mentioned things like this to me before that this would happen to him quite a bit because Really? Older women do not think men need, know what to do with uh, little kids in the store. They would come up, oh, baby, move out the way. Let me see why she's crying. It was just unbelievable that she had the audacity to just kind of push my husband out the way and, and try to see what was going on. And so similarly, I had never experienced that. So when I came home and told me, he was like, see, I told you. That happened to me all the time when they were little. Uh-uh. But, you know, that's my thing, you know. And when I see kids doing things that they shouldn't be doing and they have been told, I'm not going to chase you. I agree. You need to go ahead and scrape your knees because I told you stop running, Mm -hmm. especially on this hill where we live. Our neighborhood, it's like tree roots busted up all the (laughs) sidewalks. And so no sidewalk is level. It's Mm -hmm. like tree roots everywhere. And so I don't really allow them to run because Mm -hmm. of that reason. And one time we were walking through the playground and I told my little one, stop running before you fall and bust your knee. And I kid you not. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, I mean, like two minutes later, Mm -hmm. what'd she do? Ah, you know in the knee and i'm like okay so she's walking of course you know she's my dramatic one with the limp (laughs) and and my older one they trying to pick her up and carry her home and i said no 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 her legs are fine yeah she needs to walk but see other cultures and society see that as harsh parenting you don't care you don't you're not nurturing no that is what happens when you don't listen absolutely two instructions given to you Mm -hmm. why do you think the first commandment with the promise is (laughs) <laughs> what it is yeah for those that don't know what that is we're getting biblically getting biblically <laughs> honor your mother and your father so that your days may live long well honoring means heeding direction when given so if i tell you to stop at the stop sign and you jump out and you you remember my instruction you honoring what i'm saying you stop at the stop sign as that car was coming well that saved your life mm-hmm. and i think that that would give a later opportunity. So we're talking back, you know, to these teenagers and these college age students and do I still have to helicopter parent them? Well, if you have been instilling these things in them since, you know, these eight, these tender ages of three and four and five, I think there is an opportunity there that they won't have to be as helicoptered, you know, cause I think it says <laughs> something, I don't know what the conjugation it is of that is, but I think there's something to be said on how much involvement is still required of a parent does a child need this or have I missed opportunities in that upbringing to put some things into them? And now I'm recognizing it due to their inability to be more resilient or whatever mm-hmm. these things are. And now I have to now overcompensate or, you know, continue to be overtly mm-hmm. involved in ways that maybe they shouldn't be because I didn't let the fingers get squishied in the, in the door. Squishy. I mean, I think that has something to do with too, just the generation is different. I mean, you know, we have our, our our children now, they're much smarter, but they don't have a lot of the street sense. They don't have a lot of common knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so while that's not necessarily a bad thing, like what I was able to accomplish and, and complete at 14, I don't think my 14-year-old could mm-hmm. because my experience is I was looking life. for a job at 14. So I was working at 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like my teenagers, just like she still gets out of bed on the weekends at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock if I let her. 
And so that was unheard of in my house. Every mm-hmm. Saturday morning, you better get up. Mm-hmm. We turn on this music. That record, clean these bathrooms. Yeah, exactly. that record player. <laughs> Some Whitney Houston on the record player. You already knew. Yep. Playing the house. But I think I think the the notion of of the issue that some people are having with the term or with the act of being a helicopter parent is that it does not teach them to build resilience. It does not teach them how to handle failure. Mm -hmm. When you fail at something and you have to process through that, it teaches you a skill. And so one of the things that I walked through with my daughter, she had applied to be on a famous kids baking competition show. And she got to interviewing with the executive director two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And both years, she was not selected as a final contestant. And she cried. And mm-hmm. I, I had a little, my eyes were sweating a little bit. And, but guess what? From that experience, it taught her everything that you want to do in life, you may not get to accomplish. Absolutely. And it also brought out of her her artistic skills for decorating cakes. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really want to bake cakes. Mm-hmm. She don't really want to follow the science behind right. leveling the baking soda and the flour. She just wants, right. she's an artist. Mm-hmm. Right. So she wants to create, she wants to do the day. If she could hire somebody to bake the stuff, all she would want to do is decorate. Mm-hmm. But we would have never found that out had she not gone through that process. Of failing. Of failing. Yep. How about that? And Absolutely. it taught her, it taught her about herself. It taught her about life. You know, because again, as a homeschool parent, it's not, they don't really fail that much because I'm not going to go to the next math level if you got a D on here. Mm-hmm. So they hadn't really experienced that kind of failure. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was, it was eye opening. And so I understand that bend of why some people could be bothered when they continue to try to shield them from every hurt and disappointment. No, this is the world we live in. Yep. You will get hurt. You will get, di- I might be the one hurting you or yep. disappointing you. Absolutely. And you got to learn. I'm surely going to be the one to disappoint you. <laughs> From time to time. <laughs> yeah, remember, mommy is Danita too. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm a human. Yep, yep. You know? I, you, this, this is this is the person. I say it to the boys all the time. You're bumping up against my, me as a person, not me as your mother, not as your mother. As a person, I don't like whining. Right. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So yeah. There, there is a little overlap. So yeah. I mean, I just think though too, with the rise of my gosh, just all of the negative stuff that's out here, kidnapping and human trafficking and gun and gang violence. I'm, I, I don't think there's any humanly possible way that a parent could not be overly involved, especially when we're talking about their safety. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, my daughter wants to go to Six Flags by herself or she wants to get on the Metro with a friend. And I'm just kind of like, no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just trying to get her to understand why. And I started sharing with her some of the news clippings that come through about this 13, 14, 15 year old teenager who she can see herself in, she can identify with that, you know, all these different types of people that keep coming up missing. Yeah. And having to explain to her why, when you're walking the dog, you and your brother need to be together. Yes. Right? Together. Yes. At all times. At why are you times. back here and he's not? <laughs> That's 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 what I say all the time to the boy. You can go to the park. That's fine. Go together and come back together. And I just think we can't have it both ways. You know, there. That's so true. You know what I mean? Cause that's so true. It's like, oh, you're too involved. Parents aren't involved enough. <laughs> uh, get out of here. You know, it's the, the influence from their family why they're like this and how they ended up in these situations. Like, well, pick a side. Pick a pick side. Pick a side and stick with it. And yep. yeah, I'm just sitting here listening to this. I'm just like, 
we we cannot and i'm not saying that there isn't something to be curtailed and to simmer down with some of this quote-unquote helicopter but it it is such an offensive term as i'm actually learning more about it again like i said I'm, a lot of you all listening know i'm not a parent but it just sounds so offensive like how dare you tell me yep. how much i can like take care of this like human that I'm responsible for. Yeah. I'm either responsible for them or I'm not responsible for them. And I just, I just think we right. can't have our cake and eat it too yeah. in this situation. I agree. I think, and it's, it made me, what you just said, Akima made me think of, um, I had, um, a, um, an interviewer, a reporter ask us about how involved I am in Michael's baking, you know? Well, mm-hmm. so sort of like he can't possibly be girl. Right, I can't possibly, and I'm like, do you really think I'm out here perpetrating a fraud? Like I'm in here, like, you know what I mean, like doing everything. But then the other side of it is, if he has 500 cupcakes to bake, am I really like, well, good night, son? You on your own. (laughs) I hope it works out for you. (laughs) Let me know. Let me know when you're ready in the morning. You know, he's downstairs toiling in the kitchen at 12. I'm upstairs in my third stage of REM sleep. (laughs) Exactly. While he's up. You know, burning the midnight oil trying to get 500 cupcakes done. Of course done. I'm going to help my of son. Of course I'm going to help. With a large order. Exactly. It's still his recipe. It's it's all his business. Absolutely. But I'm not going to leave him just to <laughs> just to crash and burn on this huge order. But like, what's, what, what number you want, son? 255? Okay. Keep okay, going. Th- make sure you count them twice because you don't want to short the people. They paid you for 500. You know what I mean? That's crazy. <laughs> and people, you know, I, I'll have people say things like, um... They'll, they'll kind of uh, comments on social media. So recently, you know, we, I, I did a, I, I posted on my personal page about comments that people make and like, I'm like, you know, some comments, okay, fine. It's, it's the internet. You're going to get some nonsense. Right. right. But the comments that really vex me are comments about race, racist comments about mm. the color of his skin or the color of our skin. Or why would you eat behind someone, you know, who, Whose whose hand is brown, or oh, wow. a comment about um about his hair being blonde and him being black, you know, and like they don't they so don't ignorant. look any better with blonde hair than and 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 then in quotes like it's not hair, these kind of comments, Ooh, and it's Jesus. sort of like so okay as a helicopter parent as a parent what do I do? I'm not going to engage with that troll, right? Because you're a troll, right? And my real frustrations with the people who like the comment, not the person who comments it. <laughs> My frustrations with the with the person who liked it because the person who commented is probably You're ignorant, just ignorant <laughs> and trying to get a rise. Right. But you, the one behind them, egging them on. Right. That's where my issue is. But then the other side of it is, the boys don't have access to their social media, so they can't read those comments. Right. But then, yeah, I'm gonna sit down and at some point we're gonna look at that and we're gonna have a conversation about it because you still have to go out into the world. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that people do things like this and they say ignorant and, and ridiculous things like this. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So am I helicopter parenting by saying, sure, son, you can run a business. And essentially, your dad and I have agreed to let whoever in the world wants access to what you're doing have that access. Right. They can see all of this and follow right. you on social media. And you're a kid. Right. I'm saying that. Right. Right. But am I helicopter parenting by, by um, filtering and monitoring and levitating all that those access? Avenues. Exactly. Yeah. So right, you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. Right. Mm-mm. You know, you just Pick a side. just send them out into the world Good or luck. nothing. Right. No, that's so. that's it's so true. I just it was just so just eye opening to see some of the comments that were geared around what people thought helicopter parenting was. I mean, there's the, I didn't even bring all the other terms to the table. There's more lawnmower parent. 
bulldozer parent. Oh my I gosh. And I don't want to continue. <laughs> but does helicopter dad exist? Because I've heard helicopter parent and helicopter mom, but I haven't heard helicopter mm-hmm. dad. Is that Such out there? It, it is a question out there. Okay. And you can go ahead and Google it. But when I did my research, it was actually saying that the effects of helicopter dads are much worse on children than the mom. Really? Yes. That's a whole... That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> it was. And in particularly that article, I believe it was on parents.com, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. Parents.com. If you just Google what is helicopter parenting, you can read some of the blogs and articles that they've linked. But it was saying that the, the effects or like the mental... It was more like the mental health, stress, and emotions when your dad is constantly the one, you know, over all of those things and checking all those things versus, and I don't know, again, maybe, I don't know if that just, just gender related, but you know, when the father come in, they bring that thunder. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the dad from good times. I was like, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, they bring in, you know, like uncle Phil type voices. And, right. Right. Um, so, but it, it does exist. And so the term does exist as well. Crunchy dad, obviously the thing, you know, it's more still, because of how society sees women as more nurturers that mm-hmm. comment typically, you know, starts with yeah. them too. So yeah. um, we have children. We all have the same goal, right? Similar to our conversation we had about whether you homeschool or not, or stay home or work outside the home. The end of the day, it's the same goals that you want your kids resilient, thriving, healthy, successful, productive, productive, contributing members to this society. Yep. Right. Um, and so how you have to get there, if you have a child who, even in a home with multiple children, you still parent differently. Mm-hmm. Your overarching thing is the same, but you recognize one child needs something that yep. the other one doesn't need. Yep. And it's not a one size fit all. So Absolutely. for those that, that listen, who have parent or who are, uh, have children, don't let people put you in a box and label what type of parent you are. You be the parent that you are. You be the parent God called you to be. And leave it at that. And, you know, don't get caught up in all of these terms and all this stuff that just out here in the media um, and you're trying to identify if that's where you fit. No, you be who you are and you be exactly what that child needs to be. So on that note, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time. See you later.